This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I welcome you to the program Warning. Today you're going to hear a message that I spoke at Anointed One's Church of Deliverance International in Aden, North Carolina, for Apostle Ruth Peterson. This was a Friday night service on April 21, 2023. It's titled, Peace in the Storm. Let's begin. It gives me a great honor, a great privilege to introduce our speaker on tonight. Amen. Dr. Jonathan Hansen is a fourth-generation Christian, a fourth-generation ordained minister, and a third-generation missionary. He is the founder and president of World Ministries International, which is a non-denominational organization that was birthed by the Holy Spirit to warn the leaders, the churches, and society to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. He also serves as a board member for the International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, and he has an incredible and intense burden for the church in America and around the world. Can we put our hands together and receive Dr. Jonathan Hansen at this time? Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. You may be seated. I can see some familiar faces. And uh, it's good being with you again. How many of you remember me? Oh, my goodness. That's good. That's good. Well, I'll tell you what. uh, Since I've been here last, which was 2019, I have a a son up here. Did did you? (laughs) Daddy, why don't you just show him off? Just stand up a minute. He's uh, he is a joy. There's a real testimony how he's he's here, how he's alive. You know, Satan always tries to stop your destiny. He always tries to uh, nullify what God is doing. And uh, a real testimony of that boy. But um, you know, I miss Apostle Ruth Peterson. I tell you, I I love her. Um, her and I have served on boards together for over 20 years and uh, with Dr. Ron Cottle and she's also a member of ICAL where I'm on the board of ICAL and uh, so I look forward to, to seeing her. It's uh, always one of the highlights, you know, 
Uh, we've talked about her going with me to Kenya. And uh, Kenya is uh, where Adalia comes from. And so I've been in Kenya since, uh, well, in and out of Kenya. I lived in Kenya in 1990 or 87 and uh, moved out in 95, but been going in and out of Kenya ever since, as well as the nations. If you look at that uh, article we gave to everybody, you'll see different pictures of different leaders. We're not showing the orientation tonight. I'll do it Sunday morning, just a very short orientation. You know, God still moves like he always has. Can you say amen? He still moves like he always has. Nothing has changed. And I'll tell you what, uh, I meet with leaders through the office of a prophet. And then we hold meetings with the churches coming together. And uh, we get the, the top bishops and apostles. And, and uh, because, again, the church is responsible for the blessing or deterioration of a nation. Amen? Are, are we together? The church is responsible. The church is supposed to be the conscience of a nation. And if the church nullifies its voice, if the church starts to backslide, the nation backslides. And if righteous men are in office, it's because of the church. We must understand our God-given responsibility as believers, as the church. And many churches have nullified the word of God and they're, they're just compromising on truth. And we need a great revival in the church of Jesus Christ in America today. Another great awakening. It's got to be. Because they're trying to topple the United States of America and move us into a new world order, a one world government. And let me tell you something, severe persecution are going to come against the people that call themselves Christian. Are we together? Are you, are you with me? Only the church can stop this insanity. Only the church. Nobody else will stop it. Only the church. For sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the The book for over 200 Bible colleges called the science of judgment. It goes into the rise and fall of nations. The reason why they fall. It's scientific. It's predictable. God is predictable. There are certain patterns that are predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. There are reasons for and explanations why 9-11 and Katrina happened. Now, I prophesied both of those. Went to New York City on New York television five days in a row prophesying 9-11. I still get invitations to go back there because of that prophecy and how it was heard. Katrina, I went to Katrina three times warning about what would happen in New Orleans. Three times. Warning about the dikes breaking. Pulling together church leaders, trying to have the church rise up and stop the insanity of the debauchery and immorality in New Orleans. I know President Bush said that we will rebuild, and God gave me a word, I will destroy again. Man and his arrogance is not going to stop God. 
There's reasons why Sodom and Gomorrah happened. And we have even probably more immorality described in the United States today than was described in Sodom and Gomorrah. They're trying to decriminalize right now sex between adults and children. Are we together? Pedophilia, everything goes. How many, how many genders? Well, now depends who you talk to. But I'll tell you what, judgment is falling. We need to understand that judgment is going to fall. It doesn't matter who you put in office because everybody in homosexuality. Judgment is going to fall if we don't have a great awakening, if there's not a great repentance throughout this nation. We need to understand that. As with all rules, laws of God, whether it's gravity, electricity, momentum, mathematics, or biological laws that govern diseases such as cancer, they are always true. God is predictable. We need to understand the laws or rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. Once we understand these God-given laws that we can ignore denominational controversy, accept facts based on the science of judgment and prophecy. We become seekers of truth, for only truth makes up for the law of judgment. In mathematics, 4 plus 3 equals 7, whether a student agrees or not. Similarly, there is consistent interpretation of prophecy which follows God's laws of design. Then whether one is a member of a certain denomination or not, the outcome remains the same. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rules of judgment. The Science of Judgment, we don't have time to get into this, but it's a fascinating book. And uh, I did bring only five copies with me. If you want, I left them back in pastor office. So if you want one, uh, you can contact me or Pastor Brian. And uh, if not, they'll be available Sunday. In that book you have there, the front of it is apostolic. In there, are different examples of the office of a prophet where I met with these different governments. I gave a word, I sent it to the government, it came to pass, they invited me to speak to the parliament. When I get back to Seattle Tuesday, then Sunday night, I fly to Jerusalem. I'll arrive in Tel Aviv Monday, Tuesday, I'll be in the Knesset, the parliament. So I'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then I fly, fly back to America Friday. But God is speaking to nations right now. God is warning nations. All over the world are trying to topple nations, their sovereignty, and force them into a new world order. Trouble is coming like mankind has never seen. I've talked about the conflict that is going to arise between the kings of the north and south. 
Naming the nations involved. The north winds. Then involve the north and the west. Naming the nations involved. The north winds. Then the west and the east. The north winds over the west. And then the north and the east. And the east winds. And the nations that are aligned with the kings of the east move into the battle of Armageddon. You're going to have Russia, China, India, those nations involved right now, and many, many other smaller nations. A lot of trouble is coming, but we don't have to be afraid. Okay? But we do need to be aware. And we do need to be as close to Jesus Christ as we can get. We've got to get under the blood. Remember when the, the death angel and the plagues of God came against Egypt? The ten plagues. The ten plagues are also described in the book of Revelation. The same gods. The book of Revelation goes into two billion people dying. I'm telling you, a lot of trouble is coming. They're talking about right now nuclear warfare. Right now they're talking about it. I've been warning for 20 years, speaking in all-day conferences, about what they're trying to do to force the world into a new world order. How they want to depopulate the world. The Georgia Guidelines has the depopulation down to a half a billion. You say, that's insanity. Yes, it is. That's the spirit of the beast. Look what they did in World War II. Just the Jews, just to look at them. See, I don't believe it can happen, and you don't know the devil. You don't know the devil, and you don't know men that are under the influence of the devil. How they turn into a beast without conscience. Are you there? The church has got to rise up right now. I'm leading eagle-saving nations besides World Ministries International. We want to get into the national football stadiums, the NBA stadiums. We want to gather the churches, gather the people. Let the power of Pentecost come down once again. Oh, hallelujah! So they can go out of those arenas without fear and intimidation and lead a great awakening, a revival, where they're not afraid of the other side calling them names. Right now, the church doesn't have enough faith. I'm talking generally speaking. So many people are afraid to talk, to speak. We need Pentecost again. Amen. We need Pentecost again, the power of the Holy Spirit. We need it to come down once again. Fill these stadiums up. Let them go out of those stadiums, filled with the Holy Ghost, with power and authority. Jesus said, don't even try to represent me until you're baptized. Half of the church doesn't even care about the Holy Spirit. And that's why basically they're useless. Half of them are 
agree with abortion, homosexuality, and everything. We've got to have another great awakening. There's got to be a revival, a repentance throughout this land. Again, if I had time, I would go into some of those testimonies. They're fascinating. They build faith. But I want to get into the, the word. But uh, each one of those testimonies, if you look on my website, you'll see lines under each, like Burundi. You'll read different lines. Go on the website. You can read the whole prophecy. Like when I was in Burundi, God, while I was in the parliament, showed me members of parliament guilty of murder. And I exposed five members of the parliament guilty of murder. Now, if I wasn't fasting, I had fasted over 40 days. Fasting, you deny yourself. In other words, when you eat, it's self-preservation. You're feeding your pride. When you fast, you deny yourself. And you put on then the strength of God, the righteousness of God, the fullness of God. Amen? And then you can do what you can't do before. I'd have never gone there because they had killed over a million people. Then I said, if you'll confess right now, God is saying there's mercy and grace. If you stand up in front of this parliament. But if you do not confess right now, I leave tomorrow to see your president. Then the next day I'm with the president of Rwanda. But if you don't confess right now with mercy and grace, God is telling you, for every week I'm gone, one of you members of parliament will die. And you know God sent a real prophet. And five members of the parliament stood up and confessed of murder. God still is the same today. That's why I'm going to Israel. And I'll be in their parliament. Trouble is coming, but we don't have to be afraid. In today's uncertain world, where things are changing daily, we need to learn the principles of obtaining a peaceful heart. Okay, a peaceful heart. Again, the judgment came upon Egypt. The Israelites, the Hebrews were there. But if they listened to the word of God through Moses, those plagues did not touch them. We can have a peaceful heart. We're all witnessing an escalation of control, trying to control us being waged up on people and nations. Revelation 13 is getting closer, the mark of the beast. It's getting closer. They're trying and they want to mark every one of us. They want to control us. We don't buy or sell unless we take their mark. Digital currency. We need to understand we can have peace in the storm. Peace in the the storm. I've got a little boy. I have four other daughters. One is, sometimes I feel like, you know, Pastor Brian, sometimes I feel, feel like uh, Abraham. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he was a hundred years old before Isaac came along. And sometimes I say, my goodness, I don't think I look like Abraham, but I 
Sometimes I, I feel like him. <laughs> My that little boy is a blessing. If I gave the testimony, you'd be thrilled. And uh, like I said, Satan tried to take out his life and God did not allow. Peace in the storm. We can have peace in the storm. We're going to talk about that. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Let's focus on these words. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus. So finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, this is telling you how to have peace in the storm. We're supposed to meditate on these things. We're not supposed to say, okay, God, I trust in you. I'm praying, and then next thing we take it all back. Meditate on these things. The things you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace. Some people pray, but... As soon as they say amen, they take it all back. They take it all and dwell once again on the negative. Dwell once again on what if, 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 if. We just gave it to God, amen? If you take it back, you're not going to have peace. The devil's going to beat you up. We've got to give it to God. We do our part in intercession. But we trust our God. We trust him. We don't take it back on ourselves. Paul had learned three revelations that resulted not only in having the within his heart, but having the peace of God. So not only having the peace of God within his heart, but having the God of peace. Oh, hallelujah. No doubt Paul had practiced these truths. Through all the challenges and disappointments he endured in ministry. As we read about Paul's life, we see that he faced all adversities that life can throw at him. He had physical challenges that resulted in being beaten with rods and lashes. Stoned to death, dragged out of the city where he was left for dead. He faced hunger, the elements, dangerous animals, financial shortage, imprisonment, betrayed by friends, yet he learned how to live with the peace of God. Oh, hallelujah. I have faced some trials. I have faced some things, but I have not faced what Paul faced. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28. In labor, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In death often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once with a stones. 
Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I have been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils of the city. In perils of the wilderness. In perils of the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil. In sleeplessness. Often. In hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern is for all the churches. I'm telling you, Paul has always been my hero in the Bible since a young man. Look what he went through and constantly went through his whole life. Yet Paul had the peace of God. Like I said, I've been framed. I've gone through trials. I've been taken in one country by their eternal security where they could take you and you don't know where, your family doesn't know where you'll be and where you'll ever come back. Because I was speaking prophetically in that nation at the highest levels of the nation, sharing the sins of the nation and the sins of the church. A lady gave 20 million shillings 20 acres, corrupt pastors wanted it. Worked in that nation with the government to frame me. Internal security took me in, just like you would imagine. It was on the 23rd floor of customs, Bob wire, a room, a light bulb, and three men just cursing me, yelling, threatening. That did not happen work for them they said reverend hansen okay you're not afraid to die but you got three daughters they named them blonde hair blue eyes now you better think of them the spirit of god came upon me i said you kill me you arrest me or you give me back my passport they cursed me out they threw my passport in my face I went to the U.S. Embassy. They were following the case. I had reported to the U.S. Embassy before I ever went upstairs to be interrogated because it was all corruption, all corruption in that nation by the government at a lower level of eternal security, working with corrupt pastors. I was on the presbytery of the, at the time of the Assemblies of God dealing with two corrupt district superintendents for adultery. Have you ever been betrayed by family or friends? I think we all have at some time or another. And when the church gets severely persecuted, we don't stop the insanity in America. It'll be corrupt pastors that turn you in. Are you with me? Are you understanding me? I've experienced it. I went through a two year court battle. I think it was 32 charges. One being CIA. They'll always charge you a CIA if you're an American. Always. Pastor Brown, you go overseas and you get, you know, they don't like you, you're, they'll charge you with CIA. That's one charge. And 31 others. Two years. The high court judge said, it's clear Dr. Hansen has been framed by our own pastors in this nation. 
but it's still quite stressful. You know, they'd come to my home with guns trying to beat down the door. My wife was there. She took the children and said, if they break this door down, I'm pushing you out of the window and you keep running. I look at some of the things I went through, but yet, Paul, I don't compare. But I will tell you how I survived. It was by focusing in on the promises of God. I focused on the promises of God. I dwelt on the promises of God. I know my God. Nobody can touch me unless God allows it. Just like in the Bible where he shook the jail, an earthquake, the cells were opened. I've had people threaten me, freeze and can't move. I had another one continue to give threats. I gave a warning. God could take the breath right out of your nose. He kept persecuting and he fell over dead. They did an autopsy. They said malaria hit the brain. I am telling you, our God is real. Can you say amen? My God is real. Nobody can touch me unless God allows it. And if he allows it, I'm in instantly in his presence. I've been promoted because I never die. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we don't die. We don't die, Pastor Brian. I can take you on a mission trip with me to see the president of North Korea. God gives me a word. I guarantee you I'll get in front of that president. Now, I have spoken Korea six times, and I've prophesied over to North Korea. And I always tell the team that goes with me, if you go with me because I got a word, I'll get you there. But I always tell them, I can't promise you, you'll get out. <laughs> so Pastor Brian, I will get you there. <laughs> if you want to go to Israel, I will get you there. But I can't promise you, I'll get you back. Because I mean, the Bible shows you that sometimes they become martyrs, don't they? I can't fool myself and twist the word of God. But I know if I got a word, I'll get there. <laughs> but I also know I never die. I'm eternal. I'm eternal. Hallelujah. And nobody can take me before my time. Okay, so one, cast your cares upon the Lord. I'm not going to keep you long, but I think this is important, this message. Cast your cares on the Lord. The first truth Paul shares that will, in a peaceful heart, is to cast your cares on the Lord. When he says to take our worries to God in prayer, he's simply saying, tell God about it, make God responsible. Tell God about it, make him responsible. What is it that we usually are anxious about, if not outcome, about losing your job? Or have you already lost it? Maybe you're worried about where the next job will come from. Are you anxious about your children's future? The health of a loved one. The list goes on and on. Paul had plenty of reasons to get worried since he had already experienced so much pain and anguish. Just the thought that some of those things could occur again would be enough cause for anxiety. I mean, five times whipped 
40 plus one lash. Left for dead many times. Just the thought of it would cause us most so much anxiety. Yet Paul had learned to let God be responsible for the outcome of his life. 2 Timothy 1.12 For this reason I also suffer those things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep which I have committed to him until that day. I know whom I believe. You know, Moses had to rely on the word of God, the promises of God. Because go to Pharaoh each and every day. And Pharaoh gets madder and madder. For I believe and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until the day. See, that's what I believe with all my heart. If you go with me to a country where I have a word for the president or the parliament, I will get you there. Because I know that he is able. He gave me a word for a reason. He gave it for a reason, not to hide it under the bushel. Moses for a reason to go to Pharaoh. When we make God responsible for the outcome of our situation by telling him about it and thanking him for taking care of it in advance, he will do exactly what he promised. Therefore, instead of dreaming of the terrible things that could happen to you, we are imagining the outcomes to be according to what God promised to do since he is the one responsible for the situation now. Ourselves in prayer, when I was going through those trials and being framed every night and leaving it there, or I would have fallen apart. I would have fallen apart. You literally have to dwell on the good things of God, the promises of God, and leave your doubt behind. If you're going through deep waters right now, dwell on the good things of God. Focus on the promises of God, what he said he would do. And don't take it back on yourself. Paul's second step to a peaceful heart is found in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on them. Just meditate on them. When I've gone into countries with fighting and war and shooting, I was in Kampala, Uganda. Idiot Min had killed 500,000 Christians. Idiot Min was a Muslim. Oboti came in and killed another 500,000. When I was there and I was in Kampala, including all around me, and the team came in and said, Reverend Hansen, Pastor, can't you hear the guns? They, they had to wake me up. Because I was at peace. I believed the word of God. The angels of God are around. I had a purpose there. God wasn't done with me. And I was going to sleep. Amen? I'm not superhuman, but I relied on the promises of God, the word of God. I dwelt on what God said. That angels were around me. 
Angels were around me. Several times angels have saved my life and they've appeared before people. Angels were around me. God wasn't done with me. I was there on assignment. So I dwelt on the promises of God. To control your thoughts. Stop thinking negatively. Stop doubting God's word. In other words, stop stinking thinking. Is that good? Is that good, Pastor? <laughs> stop stinking thinking. You know, some of us have stinking thinking, amen? Is it the truth? Now, I've had stinking thinking before. I think Paul probably had it a few times, but he didn't have it all the time. I mean, we got to stop stinking thinking. It'll destroy our peace. Paul knew that Satan would try to devour him with mental bombardment of negative thoughts after he has cast his care on the Lord. When we cast our care on the Lord, you better be ready. Satan's going to attack you with a lot of negative thoughts. You got to reject them immediately. Don't you lay in bed and dwell on them. Reject them. This is how the enemy tries to get us to take back the things we have given to the Lord. The Apostle Peter understood the same strategic warfare and explained to the Christians at Rome in his first letter. Let's read what Peter said, 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in the due time, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Humble yourselves before God, that he may exalt you, casting your cares on him, for he cares for you. When we take stinking thinking back, we're not very humble. We're saying, God, I don't trust you. I trust myself more. I mean, look at that. Is that what we're doing? I think so. We say we gave it to you, but I'm going to take it back because I can't trust you, God. Now, we don't like to say it that way, but that's what we're doing. Amen? When you give it to God, then give it to God. Give it to him. You don't need this devil to beat you up and cause you sleepless nights and all sorts of anxiety, maybe a mental breakdown. Give it to God and let the God of peace be with you and in you. Give it to God. Again, we see the admonition by the apostle, this time Peter. I'm making God responsible for the outcome. And then the man, the watchtower, because of the enemy will try to devour your thinking with those same anxious thoughts that you have just released to God. However, we can successfully resist the devil by taking the thoughts captive. Taking them captive. I don't have to move on with these thoughts. I can reject them and go to the promises of God. 
Don't let those thoughts become a reality. Pretty easy example is thoughts of temptation over lust. Well, reject it. You don't have to dwell on it and let it become a reality until you commit fornication or adultery. Amen? Reject it. The temptation is not the sin, but taking it back into your thought process and then you dwelling on it is the sin. It may take some diligent effort to resist the enemy in our thought life, but he will flee. You know, this church's name, Anointed Deliverance Church. Deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. Amen? Deliverance. Wow. That's a powerful word. I mean, I could talk about that all night. Powerful word. You got a powerful name. Amen. I like it. I've done a lot of deliverance around the world. Just a lot. The final step Paul gives to have a peaceful heart is verse 9. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. So three, the third one is copy your mentors. Copy your leaders. Follow the example of faithful leaders. Paul had proven many truths in his life. He had learned to live by faith in the grace of God to an amazing degree. He had become a model of victory for everyone to follow. He could boldly say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because the word of God had become incarnated in him. He lived, he breathed it, he ate it. He moved with the word of God. The God of peace had become the God inside of him. You know, I, I live and breathe the word of God. I've had my wife tell me, shake me before. Wake me up. Hey, you're preaching at me. I'm already saved. I live it. I breathe it. That gives revelation and dreams on how to win the nations, how to get the gospel into the nations, like North Korea. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul said. Notice how detailed his instructions were. Which you have learned, which you have received, which you have heard, which you saw in me. Now, we should be able to say that as pastors to our people, follow me as I follow Christ. We should be able to say it as parents, amen, to our children, follow me as I follow Christ. We should be able to say it to our children. They're watching us. If you can't say it to your children, you better get alone with God and ask him why. Amen? It might reveal some things you shouldn't be watching anymore. Follow me as I follow Christ. We should be able to say it to people, to younger Christians, again to our children. Do these things and the God of peace will be with you. Paul did not leave out any method of instruction. He covered every possible way that the believer would glean from watching his life depending on their relationship with him as an apostle. 
Some people may have personally interacted with Paul. Others may have just heard people talk about Paul. Some may have just seen handling a certain situation or performing his ministry in some other way. Regardless of the way the truth was communicated, Paul said, copy it, do it, and you'll have the same results. It works. Miracles happen. They work. Part of God's plan for raising us to maturity in Christ is to give us mentors who can coach us in Christian living. We're admonished to follow the examples of those who have walked with the Lord deeper and longer than we have. You know, I just talked to Dr. Cottle yesterday, and he said, greet Apostle Ruth Peterson. And he said, give her a big bear hug. Are you there? <laughs> so you, you warn Apostle Peterson. I'm going to give her a big bear hug. From Dr. Ron Cottle, amen? You love Dr. Cottle? Yeah, he's my father too. I'm on his board of rec ministry still. He loves his church and he, and he loves uh, Apostle Peterson. Hebrews 13, 7, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Amen. We need to really always pray for Apostle Ruth Peterson. Amen. I truly love that woman. This is a major reason we need to be connected to the larger body of Christ. Gathering together with the local church. There we will find the mature models of faith that we can observe and follow. I know with COVID, some people stopped going to church and some never came back. You cannot supply what God told you you need just by watching television. You need the body of Christ. Telling evangelists aren't going to, they don't even know who you are. They're not going to come and pray for you when you have some trouble. Amen? You don't know them. You can't sit with them. You can't cry with them. We need one another. We need one another. You can't replace the body of Christ by watching a sermon on television. And I'm all for the word of God going forth. But I'm for the church. You cannot replace the church. This is a major reason we need to be connected to the body of Christ. Gathering in a local church, mature models of faith in front of us. In doing so, we'll learn the secrets to living the life of faith and walking with the peace of God. In our modern times of technology, the internet has become the source of spiritual training and instruction, but there is no substitute for relationships. There's nothing that can substitute relationships. Now, I can watch Dr. Peterson on television, but I would never have known Dr. Peterson if we did not sit on boards together for 20 years. Are we together? I would not have known her. I ate breakfast with her many times. She wants to go to Kenya with me. You tell her I'll bring her, but I can't promise that she'll come back. No, I'll take good care of her. I'll take good care of her. If it's that serious of a word, I'll go to the meeting alone. But seriously, we have talked for years about going together to Kenya. 
Because, you know, I go there every year, sometimes three times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There is no substitute for relationships. Jesus had with his disciples. Paul had with Timothy. Elijah had with Elisha. The word teaches us the truth in many passages and examples. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. But he who has companion of fools will be destroyed. Wow. Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. You know, when you walk with somebody, there's a transfer of anointing. Are we together? You know, again, Paul, Timothy, Elijah, Elisha. There is an anointing. There's an anointing. We are not the same. There's no substitute for observing. The relationship is two ways. You observe your mentor, your mentor observes you. Paul says, developing the lifestyle of casting our cares, controlling our thoughts, copying our mentors will cause the God of peace to be with you. Now we're going to close. Genesis 8, 8 through 11. Now listen, this is important now. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the earth. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her feet. So she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. For he put forth in his hand and took her and drew her into the ark himself. And he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent out the dove from the ark. Then the dove came back to him in the evening. And behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf in her mouth. And Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. Wow. Now there is symbolism in this passage. The dove represents the Holy Spirit. The olive branch speaks of peace. Noah was limited by what he could see. The waters within range had not receded. But with the help of the dove, he could know what was beyond his sight. That's what we call revelation knowledge. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us as believers in Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us revelation knowledge. So as we're led by the Holy Spirit and we wait for his revelation before making final decisions and actions, we wait on him to speak to us. We don't get ahead of the game. Don't get ahead of the game. Some people might want to get married. Well, just wait on God. You make sure that you get that olive branch back. So you have a peaceful marriage or else pastor might have to counsel you over and over again. You know what I mean? I just use that because some people rush into marriage and they haven't heard from God. You know, other than Jesus Christ, marriage is the most important relationship. So you make sure you hear from God, the Holy Spirit. You confirm it with your mentor, with your pastor. Is that good? Come to your pastor. Make sure it's the Holy Spirit then speaking to you. We find that our communion with God is much more intimate 
when we have learned to live worry-free and practice prayer with thanksgiving. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, dwells where there is an atmosphere of faith and trust in God's word. If you don't trust in God's word, if you take everything back, how is the Holy Spirit supposed to show you anything? Which spirit is speaking to you? James 1.22, be you doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You will have peace in the middle of the storm when you trust God fully by giving God your cares, controlling your thoughts, and following your leaders. Amen? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father God, pray that each person here has really grabbed onto your promises and peace in the storm, this message. It can give us, dear God, that tranquility. No matter what we go through, you're there. You're not going to leave us. Your word is yea and amen. The Holy Spirit is there. Our leaders are around us. We can have peace in the storm no matter what is coming our way. It's like the plagues of God that came against Egypt. The Hebrews could have peace in the storm. Just like King David who ran from Saul, he could have peace in the storm. Just like Jesus in the boat with a storm. Sleep because he trusted his father. We can have your peace, Lord. We can have your peace. We can have your peace. We can grow in your revelation knowledge. We can grow in the Holy Spirit. We can have peace. We can have peace. We can have peace. We can have peace. You say, I need peace. I need some special peace. Just quickly raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, thank you for the honesty. Now, Father God, give them the peace they need. Give them the peace they need. You will lead, you will guide. This is a good church. Name deliverance. They will have deliverance. They'll have answers. They'll have peace in the storm. A peace. Supply our needs. Supply our answers. You are there for us in every single way. In every way, you're there for us. In every way. Father God, we know we're getting close to eschatology when they're trying to going to implement a new world order. They're talking about war all over the world right now and nuclear. But we can peace. We can peace because we know the God of peace because we're inside the ark because the blood is over us and the death angel cannot come in. We can have peace. And we will have peace. I choose peace. Now bless these people, dear God, tonight. Let them meditate on this message. And Sunday, let us have a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let these altars be flooded with the manifestations of the power of God, including healing and deliverance. Let there be such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit Sunday in Jesus' name. Let there be a great day tomorrow with the women in Jesus' name. Father God, the God of peace, the God of peace, and nothing, nothing, nothing will take away our peace again. Nothing. 
nothing in Jesus' name. Touch Apostle Ruth Peterson now in the name of Jesus. Now, now, now. Again, let Sunday be such a tremendous day of just the Holy Spirit in this place. Just filling this place. And again, let women have a great day tomorrow. With your glory coming down and meeting them in many different ways that only you could ever know. Again, bless this church and the leadership and the pastor. We give it all to you now, the God of peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. hallelujah we thank God for peace in the midst of the storm amen we thank God for that powerful message on tonight amen reminding us to have peace to cast our cares to follow leadership and mentors that God has placed in our lives amen can you put your hands together for the word on tonight amen I know you were blessed amen we thank God for Dr. Hanson ministering to us on tonight amen Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.